2018, in the year of our Lord. Welcome to Jonathan Ramcher and the podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Ramcharan. It's a show about, you know, my comedy as I'm a stand up comedian, I'm an actor, performer, just in general. Um, what else am I? I don't know. <laughs> what am I? Who am I? Uh, I think there's something else I am. Well, I'm a man, I guess. Some people would say that. You fucking man. You know, it's tough being a man these day and age. Um, I don't know if it is. Like, there's a lot of issues, obviously, right? Um, between the sexes, between the um, intersexed people, between um, races, countries, even between animals, you know? People got beef with beef. And you know what? The best way I kind of navigate those waters is like I um I try to be open-minded. I try to listen. And um I really only engage with things that I can help, things that I can change or things that concern me, you know, like I was on stage this past weekend. I was doing a show as I'm a stand-up comedian. And, um, you know, I had some content there that um, I was just kind of riffing. I was like um, a couple, there was a couple female comics in the audience, right? And they got up and, uh, oh, no, there was a comic on stage and he's doing his bit. And uh, I don't know, perhaps it was a little heavy on the misogyny, (laughs) misogynistic uh, approach. Maybe it was a little heavy handed on that. But I mean, that's his set. That's his creativity. That's how he expresses himself, right? And these three female comics, uh, they uh, they get up and, and they, they clamor and they they go over to the MC and you know I'm, I'm, we're not staying we're going and they they clamor and yammer and then they they kind of like you know they make a big disturbance of leaving and then they they then they leave the show they interrupted the show to to draw out the attention to the fact that they are offended and they left. And it's like, you know, on one hand, I understand. I Well, yeah, on one hand, I have to understand because it's like, you know, don't we pay for the sins of our fathers? Like a lot of us millennials, you know, we never grew up in a time, per se, where women were overtly oppressed and this and that. I mean, like, every teacher I ever had was a woman. The principal was a woman. There was, like, a police officer that, like, guarded 
that would swing by the school just to check on the school. She was a woman. Um, I was raised by my mother. Um, the only thing I ever thought about women was, you know, it must suck because you got to wear a bra and you get your period. And I'm like, ah, that blows out. I don't want none of that shit, right? That's like the most I ever thought about, like, um, whip, uh, inequality. I'm just like, I don't want to be a woman. Who fuck wants to wear a bra? Turns out I had to wind up wearing one anyways, you know, a bit of a cross-dresser. But, um, <clears throat> no, I, I, I joke. I was fat. I was a fat little kid. I had tits. And I joke again. It's just, you know, cheesy little fucking, you know, there you go. That's the type of shit that, like, um, sent these women running for the hills at the comedy show uh, this past Sunday. These these female comics. Well, not even quite that. I mean, that's pretty light. That's, that's, not, even a, that's not even offensive. If that, was, if that was offensive, then you got your head so far up your fucking ass. But, um, anyway... <laughs> See what I do? I, I try to um I try to listen. I try to um you know get get on the good foot of what uh people need in terms of um sensitivity. But um yeah, just to the point, I never grew up in a society where women were um women's rights and oppression were like rampant, though they say it is. And um that's where my understanding and compassion has to come in because it's like, okay, you know, if that's how you feel, that's how women feel, if this is the voice of the women of this era, then I just got to let it be. And um, at the end of the day, try to help out with what I can. And, um, but at the end of the day, I know what's important to me. And what's important to me is to, you know, eventually find a good woman, have a, and she has to have qualities and traits that I'm interested in. You know, and, you know, for example, I don't really have to, well, I can go into it, sure, like, you know, how I feel about it is, um, I feel like, you know, the success between men and women is to play that part. You know, a man wants a woman and a woman wants a man, and then they have to respect each other, bottom line. That's how I look at my relationship. I don't want no, you know, I don't want to be putting her up on a pedestal and, becoming some kind of um, cuckold for the cause. Like, I mean, I'm not in awe of women. I'm not in awe of men. I'm not in awe of... I'm in awe of God, the creator. You know what I mean? And we're all equal under his umbrella. Or her umbrella. More likely her umbrella. Ella, Ella, And, you know, like... When it comes to like societal issues in general, I just find the best um, course is to just try to help where you can and keep an open mind and um, not f- engage with issues too fully that don't quite pertain to you. You see what I'm saying there? It's like, I understand women want to speak up for their rights. I understand there's atrocities happening to women around the world. Maybe not so much in the Western world I live in, but abroad, this is what I hear. So I do have to be compassionate, understanding, and open-minded. And um, open-minded when I hear women speak about that. But at the end of the day, (laughs) I don't have to really engage too much with it. Because, hey, guess what? I'm not a proprietor of women's oppression. I don't try to oppress women. I don't, 
do X, Y, and Z against women. So it's like, it's not really something I have to like engage with and feel guilt about, or you know what I mean? It's just like, I could just kind of step back and be like, okay, whatever, let them do their thing. Let me help if I can. But like, yo, I want a woman who's like level-headed, you know, I don't want some tyrant. Jonathan, get in the bedroom. Do this, do that. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Like screaming at me and shit. Like, look, t- calm down there, toots. And then, then <laughs> that opens up a whole can of worms, you know. You fucking piece of shit. Ah, and we're fighting and scratching and clawing, clawing and biting at each other. Like, I don't need that. So, um, <clears throat> there's my stance on um, social justice and your engagement level with it, right? You got to gauge it to a point and um, let the chips fall. So, um, I guess at the show this past Sunday, um, these girls, they got all upset. This comic on stage was just like, I guess, I don't know, whatever. Some of his stuff he was saying was a bit, you know, misogynistic, heavy-handed towards women. And they got upset and they made a stink and got up and left and walked out. And, um, you know, it really got me thinking about my set because, like, I started doing, you know, I went into my set afterwards, and I, I, I kind of cut them up, right? I'm like, good riddance. Good riddance to bad rubbish. You know, those, those three chicks, they had B.O. They stunk. Get out of here. Good. Get lost. Who needs you? Beat it. I'm saying all this crap, right? And got a couple chuckles, you know, a couple guffaws. And uh, then I, you know, I had some more material in there. And I, I realized that some of my material I was talking about with women that uh, I didn't necessarily need. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, my engagement level, you know? Like, I told you, like, I mean, (laughs) yo, I want a woman to be a woman, and I want a man to be a man in a relationship, in my relationship. Like, I want to be the man, I want her to be the woman. And uh, we both have our roles, and we both respect each other, right? Um, That's my idea of a relationship, I mean... To each their own, and and there's room for everybody under God's earth, under God's sun. So, don't misconstrue what I'm saying as um, how I feel about like relationships. I mean, that's I'm just talking about my relationship. Like, I want to be in a relationship where I play the man, she plays the woman, and there's no like, and playing the woman doesn't mean a subordinate, or playing the man doesn't mean playing the uh, the. Uh, the dictator or whatever, right? Like, you know, we work together and there's certain different sensibilities that each gender has in my definition of a relationship. So um, that's just kind of what was in my mind seeing this dude on stage and seeing these women's reaction and then also seeing some of the shit I was saying. I I went into this bit about, uh, you know... um, as it was Father's Day this past Father's Day, I had some chick wanted me to father her child once, right? And I go into this story about how, um, you know, basically this crazy woman, I mean, I wouldn't even call her crazy, I don't know, whatever. Basically, she wanted me to father her child, and she was, like, kind of unsure about it. And uh, I guess we were friends and, you know, getting pretty close at that time or whatever, so... I guess that's what she, why she asked. I don't know. But I kind of went into a bit about how... Um, I'm not going to go into the bit bit here, but like 
I said something along the lines of how I don't like when women get all poetic and lovey-dovey, gushy-washy, you know, wooey-wooey-gooey-woo-woo-woo-woo. Like when they get all that way, when the, sometimes when they talk to you, like poetic metaphor. And um, it, when, I was listening to, when I was listening to the recording later, I realized, you know, it sounded pretty harsh and there was a lot of hard angles on it, right? Like the shit I was saying. And I'm like, well, you know, like, Maybe I got to taper that a little bit because, um, you know, I'm actually not mad at women or I'm not upset with women or anything. They're more like a little, they're more like a sister to me. You know how your sister just infuriates you sometimes? It's like, holy fuck, but you love her? You know, it's kind of, that's kind of like the, the relationship I have with women these days, you know? It's like I see them marching down the street with their shirts tucked in, their fucking militant little glowers on their face, and I'm like, hmm, you know? But I understand, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like a sisterly love. It's like, you know, I love you to death, but goddamn, you're annoying sometimes. What the hell are we even fighting about? <laughs> so it's like, you know, I kind of, um, you know, I kind of had some thoughts like that regarding, um, I guess, you know, my performance as a comic, right? Like, um, you know, sometimes I bring up issues in general, like different issues, and I really got to look at how I play those angles, you know, because um, sometimes you want to press hard on a, sometimes you want to press hard on a punchline or you want to say something with a real sharp edge to it, but it's not necessarily your feeling or sentiment. And um, while I'm not saying I should back off of an issue or edit myself, it's more so the fact of I don't have to press on things in a way in which is also not true to me. You know what I mean? Like, it may be true to me to want to address an issue, but it's not necessarily true to me that I'm this upset about an issue, right? Or this aggressive about it. You know what I mean? Just, um, I guess, bottom line, being more careful, not careful, but more um, considerate of my wording. My set went fine. It was hilarious. I got fucking, you know, woo! I'm, come on, I'm a killer. But um, I'm just saying it was something for me to think about, right? So I'm like, ah, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll think about this shit. I'll think about it, you know? It's a good little thought, food for thought. So, yeah, that's some things that have been going on with me. Um, <clears throat> a longabout way of saying, who am I? To get back to the point, you know? This is a podcast about me, Jonathan Ramtran, stand-up comic, uh, actor, alcoholic, temporary laborer so there's a lot of hats i wear in my day-to-day and uh, thank you for tuning in if you're new to the podcast it's a little snippet of what's going on with me in terms of my performing as of late and feeling really good you know living in toronto canada the weather's fine and dandy and hallelujah and i was outside running around doing like push-ups sit-ups shit like that keeping the body felt keeping the body fit Feeling good. Um, what I realized too is, um, you know, I, I go through this little thing when uh, I'm going for jogs lately, specifically when I'm jogging, because it's a really strange thing. Because jogging is such an exercise, and it's so good, and you get like a runner's high. Like I find, like I get like a, like, you know, like a buzz. Like you feel, you really feel alive after a run. You know, God, I never felt so alive. Ah, it's, it's like fucking invigorating. It's enthralling. But it's also a lot of work, you know? 
So it's never really, at least for me, I, I know it's work, like to get up, get up off your ass and go for a jog. So sometimes I like, um, I get it in my head where it's like, um, oh, you know, fuck, I don't know if I have the juice for this today. I don't know if I have the juice for it. Like, am I going to be able to go do my jog? Am I going to be able to make it? And I started to realize, you know, um, like I've been addressing this issue in many different places in my life, but a lot of it is like fear. Fear-based um, stagnation, right? Because I know I can get around uh, with my workout the way I need to. I know I can run and I know I can have a good workout and I know that my body is like really responding to... Um, all the love I've been giving it lately, you know, I stretch, I work out, I eat right, I'm really starting to see it. And I guess the fear is that it won't be enough. The fear is that, oh shit, how long can I maintain this? At some point, I'm going to fuck up. I know I'm going to go back to the donuts and the cigarettes, which I will get to. And, um, you know, we start, um, I start um, this fear, this fear-based um, thoughts and um, I, whenever, now, that's one of my new things when I start working out. I go, like, um, when I get up and I'm walking through the hallway to get out of my building, to go downstairs, to go for my run, I start thinking, like, you know, this is all, like, if you're having, like, it's all fear-based. You're going to go out there and run. You're going to have a great time. You're going to get a good workout, and it's going to be okay. Like, I just tell myself, whatever hesitation, like, I get, I don't know why I get hesitant, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, don't be hesitating. Don't be feeling nothing. It's a workout. It's going to be good. And it's all fear-based. Any negative feeling towards this, any insecurity, any um, fucking lollygagging that I'm doing, that's just fear. And um, I go do my run and hallelujah, it's all good. So that's something I've been really, really working on lately. Um, you know... These are things that I've known for a long time, but they're always hard to put into practice. You know, same thing with um, my music. I'm a bass player, um, and um, I've been to tinkering and toying with the bass guitar for like uh, like 16 years now, 17 years, something like that. And I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of uh, deficits, but. Um, What's really stopping me, I feel, or what has really stopped me in the past, I should say, rather, is that fear of breaking through, the, through to the next level. Like, just in terms of, like, I can never be a good place player. I can never be as good as my heroes, like Bootsy Collins, Larry Graham, um, you know, fucking Flea, um, my, uh, James Jamerson, you know, like, all these wicked bass players. Um, I can never play in the style that I want to or like, you know, or even sometimes I get insecurity because like, um, you know, I'm into funk music, right? I like funk and I like uh, hip hop, but I also like rock. And sometimes I want to, you know, I'm a bass player. Sometimes I want to rock out and then sometimes I'm like, holy fuck, like you feel insecure. Like, oh, you know, like they're going to call me whitewashed. Uh, you know, like who, who, who gives a fuck what I do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what's this fear even based in? Well, there was a history of being called whitewashed for a goddamn uh, 
through my uh, not it wasn't like people picked on me or anything. I was you know I was always a pretty semi popular individual in school. But like uh, you know, people would crack their little jokes at me. John's so whitewashed. Like <laughs> I was like, what? Like this is just like my regional accent. Like everything about me is, um, you know, black. I'm a black man. Don't fucking misconstrue anything because of my um, my regional dialect. Like this is just how I sound. You fucking idiot. You know, I'm poor, a fucking alcoholic, you know, I have contempt for everybody, and I'm pretty black. <laughs> so, um, anyway, like, uh, you know, but, you know, I start to have those fear-based feelings when I'm, you know, trying to break through on different levels, right? I guess you could even say it with comedy. Sometimes you you, you stagnate, and you, you don't sit down, and you, you don't do your writing, and you don't, you know, and you... You second guess yourself and, oh, you know, I'm going to go up there. And But lately, I've been like, um, thankfully, that's really a place where I haven't really had that. Like comedy and performing is the place where it's like, I'm comfortable, right? I'm like, I know I can do it. So, well, I'm not comfortable. You never want to be too comfortable. But it's like, I have confidence. I have confidence and I know what I'm doing. Like, I could fucking do this, right? But, um... Sometimes you have those nights, you know, you're sitting there, you're looking at your set list, like, holy shit, you're looking at your set list, you're like, oh, I gotta go up there and tell these jokes, I don't know, I'm not feeling it, not funny, not funny, not well thought out, what the fuck does this even mean, did I write this, you're like looking at your notes, huh, what the fuck, and Jonathan Ramtran to the stage, I'm like, oh shit, and you go up there and you're looking at your notes, penises, Oh, this is going to be a rough set. So then all of a sudden you have to like fucking ramble your way through it and shit. But like it happens, it comes and goes, the highs, the lows. But that's what I'm working on lately. It's just never giving into that fear. Fear of the dark. Don't want to give into no fear. So um, there you have it. Now you know every little thing about what's been going on with me lately as a performer and as a human being. As I said, I wanted to speak about smoking. (laughs) Sounded like I was smoking there, didn't it? Didn't it? I'm not smoking. I used to smoke. Um, This is something I haven't even really talked about because, like, I've been sober for, like, a year and... um, seven months right but um I've, I've also been off cigarettes for a year and seven months but it's not even like the alcohol was the thing i mean cigarettes will kill you like any other motherfucking thing right cigarettes is a motherfucker player like if you smoke cigarettes man you know you're heading for an early grave bottom line but um i never really talked about it or thought about it as much because like keeping sober was um was really affecting my mind and my health and my uh, just overall overall well-being. It was like really wreaking havoc in my life. So like that was like the star of my sobriety was like the quitting of alcohol. But, um, you know, the supporting role was like marijuana and cigarettes, right? <laughs> so like, you know, 
they were like the supporting cast. Because I used to smoke, I mean, weed, whatever. I mean, blah, 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 talked about that a little bit. But cigarettes, like, holy shit. Like, I, I got, like, I'm a year and seven months quitting cigarettes. And they were so fucking disgusting and terrible for me. Terrible for everybody. I used to remember smoking cigarettes. When I, like, they feel good when you're drunk, right? Like, I remember a friend said once, um, you know, smoking cigarettes is a stimulant. So, like, that's why people chain smoke when they're fucking, um, when they're drinking, because it's like, it gives you like a little stimulant, a little jolt, right? It kind of brings you back to conscious consciousness a little bit more. It's kind of like a little hit of cocaine, right? That's his little theory. I mean, I ain't no fucking doctor. I'm not a drug dealer. I don't know these effects. But, um... That's kind of what, um, you know, smoking a cigarette does when you're drunk, you know. It just gives you that little buzz, right? <sighs> oh, yeah, shit, yeah. And you can sit there and wallow in your agony and stare out the window and hold your cigarette and look tough. Uh, uh. But I smoked on and off for like, uh, you know, uh, what was it? I guess I started when I was 14. Was I 14? No, 15. I was 15 or just turning 15. So I started when I was 15 and I stopped when I was 30. So yeah, 15 years. Holy shit. So 15 years I was smoking and um, on and off. And I was never really a, a heavy smoker. You know, like I would go through periods where I'd quit or I would, um, towards the end of it, I was smoking like maybe 20 cigarettes a day. So, you know... That's not heavy, but it's still bad. It fucks with you. You're caught, you know, like you, you get winded when you run. You're coughing. Ugh, you stink. You stink like cigarettes. I used to hate when like a waft of cigarette smoke would like go over my face. Like you take a puff of a cigarette. And you blow it out and like um, a wafting cloud of smoke would go over your face and go into your hair and get into your eyes. You just felt old. Like every time I smoked a cigarette, I'm like... <coughs> I'm old. Like, you just feel old. It ages you. It's such a fucking filthy, disgusting, stupid habit. Like, in 2018, if you're still smoking, you're a fucking moron. Like, imagine how stupid you would have to be to still smoke in 2018, considering all the information there is out there about it. And if you're smoking, I have to tell you this. You're a fucking idiot. Please let this fucking motivate you to quit. Don't go dearly into that dear night, dear smoker. No. Rage, rage against the dying of the day, dear smoker. Do you want your children to see you smoking and coughing up a lung every time you play tag at the park? <coughs> Go run around the monkey bars a little bit. Mommy's got a cold. <coughs> Do you want your children to grow up without a father because you were too busy smoking cigarettes in the garage when your son was out there playing on his bicycle? Ring, ring. Give me a push, Daddy. <coughs> daddy's tough. No, I don't got time to push you on your bike because your daddy's tough. He smokes cigarettes. Look at him. Yeah, I'm tough. Rage. Rage against the dying of the day, dear smoker. No, don't go dearly into that dear night. Quit while you're ahead. Don't be such a fucking idiot, you know? Fucking... Smoked for 15 fucking years, and 
you know, I used to smoke like, um, it's so funny how like brands, you know, like brand name cigarettes. Like I remember, I remember when I was like in my clubbing days and shit like that, or my Toronto days, really. Um, I guess we're talking like 2007, 2008. So yeah, I guess my Toronto days, like I, I, I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta for all y'all out there. I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta. I moved in back in between Toronto and Edmonton in the years, throughout the years. But I've been living steadily in Toronto since 2011. But um, I've been back and forth. So I'm just talking about my clubbing days living in Toronto and Edmonton throughout the years. And uh, if that was more convoluted than fucking helpful, then I'm sorry, but whatever. That's just how it was. Back and forth between the, the two cities. And um, Belmonts. I guess there was a wide array of cigarettes that people smoked, you know. Du Maurier, Belmonts, Export A Gold. I used to smoke Export A Gold. I don't know. I thought they were cool. Um, what else? I, I smoked Podiums. Oh, God. Those were cheap as fuck. Podiums were like $5 a pack, $6 a pack. Fucking tastes like cardboard. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <clears throat> fucking tree branch in this thing. You know, you're smoking um, podiums. Uh, what else did I smoke? I smoked... Uh, JP Players? John Players? Yeah. John Players? Yeah. Player? Got a cigarette player? I smoked menthols. Menthols. I love menthols. I used to smoke menthols. Uh, what were they called? Cools. K-O-O-L. Like cool in the gang. <laughs> Celebrate good times. Come on. <coughs> <coughs> Celebrate. Ooh, ooh. <coughs> <coughs> smoked cools. Cigarettes. Um, what else did I smoke? So yeah, basically I smoked a wide array of cigarettes and um, what it is though is it's like um, it's that idea of like a name brand cigarette is better than another name brand cigarette. Like people would play that game with you like you'd be drunk outside of a bar you'd be like, uh, and you go in your pocket and you pull out like a pack of cigarettes and, uh, uh, and like some chick will come up to you can I bum a cigarette? Like, oh, here you go, miss. And you hand her a cigarette. She goes, ew, export A. Like, are you fucking kidding me? We're, these are cancer sticks, you retard. What fucking difference does it make? You're eating shit, you're eating shit. You know, do you, do you care if you're eating the shit of a dog or the shit of a cow? Like, it's shit. I take the cow. <laughs> like, like, just, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, I'd rather eat cow shit than dog shit. Come on, you know. All they do is eat grass. Who knows where a dog's been, right? Fucking dog's breakfast. But anyway, you know, if you're eating shit, it's all shit, right? Cancer sticks, smoking whatever, right? It's all the same garbage, right? Then when I was living in Toronto and I was down and out on the bum, lazy, low-down, shiftless, rotten, spineless, good-for-nothing, washed-up, bum, alcoholic, drinking every day, living every day like it was my last, you know? Fucking piece of shit, degenerate. When I was living that way, um, I used to smoke counterfeit, counterfeit cigarettes, contraband, <gasps> You know, I was in the illegal um, cigarette smoking industry. Well, I wasn't in the industry, but I was smoking them, right? Like, um, it's like a, apparently it's an epidemic, as if like 
it's all about taxes, you know, they don't give a fuck about your health, you know, there's a problem with, um, contraband cigarettes in this country, and are you a part of the problem? It's like, you don't give a fuck about people's health, it's just about taxes, you piece of shit, fuck you. But basically, there's like, um, contraband cigarettes that are like a big issue, like, apparently billions of dollars of tax revenue is being diverted because of these, um, contraband cigarettes. They come from reserves, they come from Indian reserves, they come from... A, a wide array of different growers and operations, but like, um, I know that, um, you know, you know, if you're, if you're of Indian treaty status, you can get, um, discounted cigarettes on the reserve. They grow their own tobacco. They make their own cigarettes. Well, through the hands of, um, industry and through the hands of, um, criminals, they somehow get into the black market and they get sold at a fucking discount. Like a pack of cigarettes, when I quit, when I quit smoking, a pack of cigarettes were like um, nine, twelve dollars, between nine and twelve dollars, depending on the brand. A pack of cigarettes, you can buy a fucking pack of contraband cigarettes for three dollars. <laughs> Hallelujah! <coughs> you could buy a pack of cigarettes for like uh, three dollars, and um, I remember. Um, yeah, I would smoke those, right? Because I was just a lazy, shiftless, rotten, good for nothing, drunk. Couldn't keep a dollar in my pocket. So, like, I would always just go and um, buy cheap contraband cigarettes, you know? A dollar here, a dollar there, whatever, right? And um, those things, I mean, to be honest, they tasted a lot better than, like, store-bought. Hold on a sec. A little sip of coffee. They, they, they tasted better than store-bought cigarettes because, like, um, you know, they put all sorts of chemicals and agents in cigarettes, man. Like, they'll, they'll, they put something in the tobacco, for instance, that they... It's like a, a chemical that, that helps it burn uh, straight and even. Isn't that disgusting? Like, um, there's a chemical they spray the tobacco with, apparently, that makes sure that when the cigarette burns, it burns evenly. You don't see that in contraband cigarettes. They burn kind of lopsided and shit like that, you know? So, I don't know. Personally, I didn't really mind the contraband cigarettes. Plus, you're fucking the government, too, right? But, like, um, yeah, like... These cigarettes were like, um, they, they sell them on the street. You could buy like a carton of them for like $20. And um, fuck. It's just so crazy how when I was out there in my addiction, alcohol, I just never saw the damning effect of the whole thing. But one component being cigarettes. Like... Cigarettes are so fucking devastating. That's what they are. They're devastating. And, you know, that's what I've been learning through my, my exercising and shit. It's just like, I can't believe I almost threw my body away, you know? Like, that's what you do. Like, when you mistreat your body, you're throwing it away. You're throwing the gift of your body away. It's a gift to be able to get up and walk and be mobile. Like, sometimes I look at people, like, there's this poor little sweet black kid who has, like, cerebral palsy or something in my neighborhood. Sometimes I'll be sitting here and I'll look out the window and I see, like, him getting pushed down the street with his worker. And he's in his chair and he's, like, waving his little 
cerebral palsy arm. <laughs> this cute little black kid. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, I look at him, right? And I'm just like, fuck. Like, what a disservice I am to him to mistreat my body. And that's getting a little high-handed. And I'm not, like, trying to, you know... You know, at the end of the day, what I do has nothing to do with him. We're two separate people. But, well, that's not even really true. But generally speaking, my actions, my health affects me, not him. But um, I do feel kind of like a obligation to take care of myself for those who can't take care of themselves, you know? Like, you, you've been given a gift of a body. You can get up and walk and be mobile appreciate it you know what I mean don't fucking throw that shit in the toilet and that's what um you know mistreatment of the body is whenever you mistreat yourself your your body is a temple some people say it's an amusement park bag it out right but like I don't know I think it's a temple so try to be better with my body anyways don't smoke hey check out this I, uh, I found a new spot for, like, I like to go do um, writing as I'm a writer. And, uh, well, I mean, I write for the podcast, right? I write my jokes. I write little segments for the podcast, shit like that. So I found this really funky new little um, spot where I can go hang out and do that shit, right? It's down by the waterfront uh, in Toronto, Canada, down by Lake Ontario. And um, it's about, like, a 30-minute walk from my house, 40-minute walk from my house. And fucking awesome man it's like this little slice of heaven there's like a little picnic bench overlooking the water and all the little birds are flying around my little sparrow my little sparrow buddies i love sparrows like they're one of my favorites i just bought like a little bag of sunflower seeds for them i'm not some kind of pussy okay i just appreciate like creatures and stuff but like um I bought I bought like a bag of um, sunflower seeds for the, the the little sparrows I'm gonna bring for them shelled, already shelled so they don't have to work too hard, and unsalted. I want their little hearts to stay strong, right? You know, little little, little bird heart. And um, anyways, uh, you know it's this little slice of heaven uh, down by the beach. I go and I do my writing and shit. I was down there yesterday. It was really funky, really cool, man. And not only this shit. They like, um, they put like somebody like, it was adorable. I think some like little kids did it or something. They put tree sweaters on the trees. Have you ever heard of a tree sweater? It's pretty adorable. All the trees had sweaters on. Like somebody knitted the tree sweaters. I'm looking around like, what the fuck? These, these trees are wearing clothes. Am I high? Am I drunk? No, I'm just grateful. I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, wow, there's all these little tree sweaters on, right? And little cute little fucking trees with sweaters on and little birds flying around. I'm sitting out there in the sunshine writing my little jokes and shit. Knock, knock, who's there? A cock in your mouth. (laughs) I'm out there just enjoying the sunshine and the radiance of the Lord and stuff. And all of a sudden, right, as I'm sitting out there, All of a sudden, it just starts raining, right? Like torrential rain comes spewing in from every angle, right? I'm like, hit the deck. I grab my shit and I run out and I sit underneath this like uh, awning or something, right? Or no, sorry, in the, uh, in the, uh, I don't know, in a doorway of a building, right? I run for cover, right? And the wind's going, 
fucking every which way and shit, right? And my little bird buddies, right? They're like, ah, and they flew off, right? And I was like, I was got me thinking. I was like, what happens when that shit happens for birds? Like, these birds were going to get swept out to the fucking lake. Like, the wind was coming heavy, man. It was moving me. I'm like 160 pounds, right? The wind was, like, moving me and shit. Like, imagine a bird. How much does that thing weigh? Two ounces? Not even. How much, is a, how much does a bird weigh? I don't even know if they weigh anything. Fucking little bird, right? And I, I was really, like, worried for them, right? Because, like, I imagined them, right? Like, they get trapped on a branch in the middle of the rainstorm, and they're just like, Whoa! And they're, like, bouncing up and down. These little birds, right? And, like, fuck, it bled for my heart because I love them so much, man. I really do like birds. They calm me down, and it's not just a joke. They really are sweet. Like, take the time to look at a sparrow. They're just beautiful, man. They take, like, little dirt baths when they get hot. They, like, jump down in the little dirt, and they flop around. They're just they're amazing little creatures, right? And... It got me thinking, like, did they get swept out to the fucking, like, because there was, like, a gaggle of them. There was, like, they were all running, like, they're fucking adorable. They all run around in groups, right? And they're all picking little pieces of shrub for their nest. They're, like, picking little pieces of, like, um, fluff and uh, pieces of grass to build their nests, right? And they're hopping around. And they're just hopping around being birds and shit. Then the wind just, boom, the wind and the rain, it was just there. And I was worried about them. But, um... I don't know. Still, I have a pretty nice little spot I can go and go check on them again. But, um, man, like, that rain came in heavy, man. And it was pretty, it was like, you know, I have these little, um, I don't know what you want to call them. But, like, uh, you know, I'm just really in tune with, like, when I get to see calm, beautiful things, like, then I hid under a tree when it was raining, right? When the rain was coming, it wasn't so heavy at first. And I'm just like, I was under this tree and the rain was coming down heavy. And um, I just was watching all the rain bounce into the into the lake and stuff, right? And I'm wondering where my little bird buddies went to. But I was just like, ah, whatever. And I'm just like staring at the lake. And it really put me in a trance, man. And uh, not like a trance, but like, uh, like, I don't know. It just connected me or something, you know? Don't get me wrong, I'm not some kind of pussy, like I said, you know, I make all sorts of horrible jokes. Apparently I'm aggressive. <laughs> the, the MC yesterday, he's like, uh, Jonathan Ramtram, ladies and gentlemen, keep it going for Jonathan Ramtram. <laughs> Funny guy, right? Fuck, is he aggressive? Holy shit, I thought he was going to punch me out when he came up to the stage here. Like, people think I'm aggressive and stuff just because, like, um, I walk with a fucking intention and I have a confidence and calm humility about myself. I'm not a pussy and I say shit the way I want to say it. I guess that makes me aggressive. Did I just contradict myself? People think I'm aggressive because I got a calm stillness and a humility about me. That's why they think I'm aggressive. Maybe it's all the fucking, um, I don't know. I tell you, I work out. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram speaking for the birds on this June 19th, 2018. Hey, keep an eye on those sparrows. They're beautiful. Sometimes I wish I could shrink down like, honey, I shrunk the kids and give them a big hug. Honey, I shrunk the kids! I give them a hug and then I jump into a fucking bowl of fruit loops. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Send me your questions, send me your queries, send me your qualms. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Um, don't smoke if you smoke. Quit smoking. And, um... I'm really looking forward to doing this podcast even more and more and more, having a lot of fun with it. So, until next time, I'll see you then. Peace.
Peace.